on today's episode of the Wave Podcast. NFL Draft is here. Huge draft episode this week. We're breaking down our mock drafts. We're talking about some stuff that we want to see out of the Ravens draft and basically just out of the NFL draft as a whole. We're talking about potential trades that could happen on draft night. We're talking about all the madness that could ensue. We're talking about our boldest predictions. Who's going to fall? Who's going to go higher than we expected? Who's going to be the first off the board at certain positions? We're getting into everything about the NFL draft this week. We're also talking about the Ravens, obviously. Uh, Tons of rumors swirling about DeAndre Hopkins to the Ravens. This has been going on for a while, but it feels like everything's getting heated up. We talk about the likelihood of that happening and, more appropriately, how we're going to react if and when that happens. Scoot also gives us a bit of a catch-up in regards to the Stanley Cup playoffs and his updated predictions on who he thinks is going to lift the cup. So without further ado, let's go. Episode 51. Welcome back to the Wave Podcast. Today is Thursday, April 27th, 2023. And in the words of himself, Scott's fucking back. I'm fucking back, dude. By the way, I played that. So I played a round of golf today, everybody who's listening. And I was sitting at home. I got done training early today. And I felt in my body I needed to go play golf. Wednesdays are like my off day of working out. So I just like. I'm like, I feel like I can, my body feels really good. I feel nice. I feel nice and limber. Went out and bought myself a new glove. Went out and bought myself a new golf bag uh, towel. And I was like, I think I can go out and play today. I was like, I, it's, it wasn't like a perfect day out. So I knew Geneva would be like, no one would be there. I was the only guy out there today. Love Great. that. Great. I played around in under two hours. It was fucking awesome. That's but absurd. The reasoning why, ladies and gentlemen, why it was so fucking fast. I'm back. Oh my Christ, the guy on the first tee box. I went, you know, first tee box at Geneva dot. I hit iron, right? I decided driving up, I'm being ornery today. Like I'm going out there and I'm going to be. So I took driver and I said, fuck them woods on the right. I put a fucking drive that I'm not kidding. I think I hit it and I audibly went, oh my God. I hit it <laughs> so hard and so perfect. It like skimmed the top of the tree, carried three or well, I calculated the number off uh, the grant 330 drive. Not a big deal. I had like a hundred and like 60 yards in put a little short chipped up. Perfect chip. I think that's no. So I missed the birdie putt, put it in for par. I was going to say said, oh, two putt par. Yeah. Two putt par. I said, we're going to have a day shot an 81 today. And it could have been so much fucking better. So many missed putts that I shouldn't have missed. I had this iron. Or I'm sorry, not an iron. I was hitting my so on a whole uh, the one that I was telling you about that I wish I had a hybrid that I could flank. I think hole five, the one that's like a dog leg to the right, the par four oh, to the right. Uh, uh, the, uh, the the one that, that I drove, drove the other day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I said to myself, I was like, right, let's see what I could do if I just hit a six iron out there. Let's see what I do. Put a little six iron. 
put a six iron right in the fucking middle of the fairway. Had 120 yards in. So I'm thinking, let's just put a, I would rather be short to the right. I'll put a 56 degree. Carry the green over the green. So I hit that thing like 130 with a 56 degree. Not a big deal, right? On 17, par, par three, did like a little, remember that little knockdown shot that I didn't have the other day? Oh, I had it. Yeah. I had it. And when I have that, it's over. I put a 56 little knockdown. Brother, the noise that this wedge made today sounded like I was shooting off a missile. I put this thing two feet to the pin. I missed the putt, but I put it in for par. Then I put I, the way the tee box was set up on 18. I was really wanting a bird to stay underneath a, uh, 80 today. Mm-hmm. Couldn't, I couldn't cut the corner. Like literally, there was no angle on the eight. So I was like, so I put another six iron right out in the middle of the fairway. I'm 115-ish yards. Wind was blowing to my right to the left. And I thought, all right, let's put a full 60. Let's just hammer this off to the right side of the green. For whatever reason, that ball stuck up in the air. So I don't know if maybe I had a little bit of a fade cutting into the wind. I don't know. Brother, this ball, the noise this thing made. Like, I was, I was mad that I wasn't on the green because I missed the green. But I was on like that, like top bunker up on the, the top mm, part yeah, of the green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brother, I'm on the fairway, 120 yards out. I hit a, a 60 degree, and I put it long. I got my little swing caddy in today. I bought a net. I bought a turf slab. If I can figure these numbers out, it's over. It's over. I'm so back. I'm drinking a fucking Miller Light. I'm so back. Which I mean, I don't know why you'd bring down such a great day drinking a Miller Light, but you know, I digress. I'm happy for you. This makes it even better, dude. O's win. I was listening to them on the course, too. It was nice. But, yeah. Yeah. It was great. Great. It was a great day out there. I was hitting the ball so fuck. I didn't really care about my score. It was just finally compressing a golf ball. Like, Remember I was telling you that the other day? I was like, I just want to compress a golf ball. And I was compressing all fucking day long. Oh, my God. Felt so good. Felt so good. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good as well. I played golf. So you and I played on, what was that? Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I didn't shoot terribly bad. Uh, no, I my... think you played actually pretty well. Yeah. On it, my biggest thing, man, I was thinking about the round afterwards and just kind of like going back through some shots that I wish I had back. My biggest issue with that round and just my game in general is I just haven't been able to control the driver. If I can control my driver and figure out my tee shots, I will, I'll be, a, I'll be in a good spot. I discovered today, Dante, I don't think we need driver as much as we think we do at Geneva. No, I definitely agree. And one thing that annoys me about, and this is going to sound stupid for the golfer that I am, but one thing that annoys me about playing courses like Geneva is it's almost not long enough. And the reason I didn't have one approach shot today with an iron. Right. And the reason I say that is because like, I don't hardly ever use my five, six and seven iron Mm -mm. on approach shots. That is like, there'll be times where I'll take a five or a six off the tee, depending on the hole. Um, but more often than not, man, I'm hitting eight or less into the green, whether it's an eight or a nine iron, or if it's a wedge. So if I could just figure and, and one thing that I figured out, so I played again on Sunday, I played at wetlands and literally on like the 15th or 15th, I think 16th part three on the 15th hole, I had been spraying my driver all over the place, just could not control it. And 
I said, you know what, I'm just going to swing easy. I like, if I don't hit it, you know, 280 yards, whatever, but I'm going to try and actually hit this thing. Well, and that's exactly what I did. I hit it probably 275 ish, 280. And it was just off the right side of the fairway. It was a great drive. You said hole 15, you said 16, 15 is it's the one with that long ass bunker on the right side, the short par four. It's a drivable par four. And it has that really oh, long. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Yep. That borders that par five along mm-hmm. the road. Mm-hmm. So I put it in that bunker, but it was literally just off the fairway. Um, and I ended up, I think I made a bogey cause I had to take a recovery shot. I didn't have a look in at the green out of the bunker. So I had to make a recovery shot. And then on the 17th hole, which is that uphill par four, I drove it to like 80 yards and I did the same thing. It was right in the middle of the fairway. I just took some tempo off and tried to even it out. So, and then 18, same thing, put it on the left side of the fairway. Perfect drive had, I think it was like 130 in and made a really nice chip up and walked in like an 11 footer to, to save par on the last hole. So I figured out some shit towards the end of my round too late, obviously. No, it's not. Uh, no, it's not. It's all right. Ne- Next time out, I'm I'm very optimistic about my game. Which so, famous last words? I'm gonna go out and shoot in fucking hundred and two. No, but no, we're we're not this summer. You're not shooting in the hundreds. I don't think I did last year. You didn't? Okay, you're not I, I going so. above. We're gonna figure out what your average was, and you're not gonna with the way we're gonna practice with the, my net and the little swing. We're figuring our fucking shit out, Dante, and we're gonna be good golfers by the end of this summer. Good is a very relative term, especially for me. You, you, you'll fuck around and shoot in the seventies. I, if I oh, can, shoot, you are gonna go toe to toe with me. I want it. So do I. I'm just saying. I don't. I'm not that guy. Yes, you I are. Just, I know for a fact. I, could, I know for a fact I could shoot like low mid eighties. My my career lowest I think was like an eighty six when I played at that course in in Jersey. Right. Um. But if I can if I can consistently sit like. 85 to 88. I think you should shoot for this year, your average score to be in the eighties, huge success. Huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. If I were to put a, if I were to put a guess out there, I'd say my average score last year was probably like a 95, 96. Okay. On average. Okay. So if I can bring my average score, like you said, in the eighties, if I can get my average score to an 89, I'll be, I'll be happy. Let's do it, babe. Let's get it. I also, I do, I do want to post a new career low this summer. That's like a goal that I have. So 85 or below, that's, that's where I need to get. I think, Dante, what we should do is let's start fucking around with some videoing with my camera. And let's start posting some shit. Yeah, absolutely. Breaking par. I love the idea. Brother, I'm so fired up. <laughs> I could see it in your face. And that makes me even more excited to get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. This is as much as I love talking about, you know, the Ravens games and breaking down the NFL season week by week. I think as far as like draft grand scheme, the draft is one of my favorite things to talk about, man. Great time of the year, Dante. It's a fantastic time of the year. Playoff hockey. We got Mm -hmm. NBA playoffs, which has been very fun to watch so far. NBA playoffs has been fantastic. The O's have the second most wins in baseball. And they're not even like, I think they could be playing better. I 100% agree. And we get the NFL draft. Are you shitting me? This is great. I have a Miller Lite second can of the night. How you doing? It's going to be great. Great night. It's a great night. Great night indeed. Well said. He's not allowed on our podcast. Stop that. <laughs> no. All right. 
enough small talk. Scott, I don't want to wait any longer. I want to get right into it. I want to talk about the draft. It's draft week, dude. Are we going to talk about a certain thing? Probably. What certain thing are you referring to? What's been... Well, no, it's interesting. It was what I said I felt in my plums and maybe even somewhere deeper. I said it yesterday. You did say that yesterday. So can we get to that at some point? Let's start off with that, and then we'll parlay that into our draft talk. Mm, okay, nice parlay. Roach, no, a real a real parlay is an 18-leg parlay by Roachy. <laughs> yeah, Roach, PSA, dude, just nobody else is listening, just us three right now. Can't be doing it. Stop it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm cool. I'm cool with like hey, a lot of parlays. He actually he sends me them. He gets close every time. It's like maybe cut that in half and cut you're hitting them. Cut them in half. Do do sp- take an 18 leg parlay. <laughs> cut them into three le- three parlays. Yeah. So that way you have three six leggers. Nice math. Go from there. There you go. Yeah, I agree. Be a yeah, little bit more. Let's talk about let's talk about some stuff. Let's talk about some shit. So the the thing that Scott is referring to, the one that he felt Deeply past his plums. The DeAndre Hopkins rumors, not I, to say they're swirling. That's an understatement. These understatement. things, I'm in the tornado. Fucking, they are flying like F-18 Raptors on a Top Gun set. These rumors, I like. I'm at the point where I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. I have no clue. I thought for sure when I was playing golf, something was going to break and it was going to make that round even better. But Dante, first off. I woke up this morning, and I checked my phone, right? Just what you do these days. I hate it, but we check our phone, right? I'm trying to work on that, but I checked my phone. And I see you have a Twitter notification. And normally, for the last, like, two years, every Twitter direct message notification I get, I think it could be about Lamar. Sure. And I see a Lamar Jackson tweet, and how it's been going hasn't been good. His tweets have been very, like, not positive. And it was the SpongeBob biting his lips smirk. And when I tell you at 6, no, it's actually 5.50. I was going to say, because I was I was up and at out of bed at, like, 5.30, and you responded I've been trying to, to get up earlier this week, and yeah. it's been nice. I've been getting up at, like, 5.30-ish, 5.45-ish, right? But I check my phone, and I audibly at 5.50-ish go, <gasps> and Kristen sprung up. She said, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong? I said, oh, my God, Lamar just tweeted. And she, for the first, I love her. And she loves me so much, more than I deserve. And she goes, God damn it, Scott. She puts her head back down the <laughs> Like, I'm sorry. But that tweet, and then it was the – did Odell already tweet at that point? So No, Odell I'm had- sorry. It was Josina Anderson that tweeted there below him. Yes. There you go. But then that one, that one I got pissed at because I thought she tweeted it not attached to his tweet. Not as I a thought that, that was just a different tweet. And I was like, oh my fucking God, he signed. I thought for sure he was signed. So I was stoked. But then I started putting the pieces together from what, what's his name? Uh, Lombardi, is that his last name? Uh, Michael Lombardi, Lombardi, is that who you're referring to? I think so. When he said that the report of like Lamar wanted, hey, give me Odell and DeAndre, we can talk, right? It makes sense. The Ravens said, all right, let's go fucking get them. And I'm not saying it's done yet. I think, I personally, I think DeAndre's a Raven right now. That's what I'm just thinking. Do you think it's, uh, do you think it's kind of like the Hollywood deal last year? Tongue in cheek. Don't tell anybody until it's, listen, you know. it's the same, it's the same organizations. So, mm-hmm. so 
EDC and what's his name are like, hey, we got this. Let's just figure out the other shit with the monies. The if you want to throw in maybe an extra draft pick, or we want something else maybe attached. Just kind of iron, ironing out the. We details. got the main pieces done. I'm letting you know right now. If DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham are on the Baltimore Ravens, I'm gonna be the baddest boy in school. I'm gonna assault people. I'm going to verbally become the most obnoxious human being. I might get suspended from Twitter. I might. Elon Musk you is all pro speech, but it he's off? gonna suspend my ass because I'm gonna. And then if I get a notification that Lamar Jackson has signed extension. Oh, so help me Christ. I'm going to become an absolute menace. I'm going to have to ask for forgiveness by the pearly gates of heaven later in my life. Yeah. So what, what we were referring to about Scott feeling deeply in his plums, he texted me, what was that Tuesday afternoon? And he said, I feel it in my plums. Hop's going to be a Raven. And I don't know how closely our, our listeners have been following your, your plum feelings, but Normally, when you have a certain conviction about something like this, you're you're I'm not going to say you're always 100 percent right, but you're at least in the ballpark. My plums hardly lead me in the wrong direction. Right. When your plums swell up, it's like the North Star. They're just and then what I said. I f- I'll be honest. I felt it. My sphincter. I felt it in my butthole that he was going to become a ring. I'm not saying it's done, but into me, my butthole right now thinks it's done. And look, I don't know about anybody else. That's all the convincing and all the evidence that I need in the pudding. Um, now, I will say I'm a little bit I'm a little bit more skeptical after today because Pac-Man was on Pat McAfee shows he's been doing for the last few weeks and mentioned that KC and Buffalo are still very much in the game. That scares me because, yes. well, for one main yes. reason, for one main reason, both of those teams have their quarterback situation locked up under control. Mm-hmm. And going back to the Lombardi thing, I don't, I don't want to say that I believe Lamar to be the person to like give an ultimatum like that. Say, give me Odell, give me DeAndre Hopkins, and then like I'll come back to the table. But I will say at this point, with all the shit that he's had to deal with, that's that's my point. That's that's exactly he has every reason to stand on that. Every without reason. question, and I don't think anybody would fault him. At all, if that's what he said. Now, maybe in my head, like it's the perception around how he puts that to the Ravens. Like the way that Michael Lombardi framed it, or at least the way that I took it, was Lamar was like, Look, I'm not talking to you until you give me these two guys. Something. No, no, no. Like I didn't even take it as that. I took it, I took it as him saying, You get me the best receiver that's available in free agency and one of the best receivers in the game that's been rumored to be on the trade block. You give them to me, and then you and I will have a discussion about my contract. So, I like think, I said, Dante, it's to me. I think for sure he said that, and I think it's. I don't want to play here if I don't have dogs, and like like the money aspect at that point, we can get that shit figured out. But until we have weapons, because dude, what he has dealt with is embarrassing. And it's not only embarrassing, let alone like you just look at that surface level of what Lamar's had to deal with. You look at the offensive coordinator, you look at the weapons, it's everything, right? But then when you look across the league and you see these teams building around their young quarterback to be like, all right, let's make this. You look into the vision, dude. You look at Kenny Pickett. He has weapons. Like he has people to throw to. Every wide receiver that's on that team, maybe besides Bateman, is better than what we got. You look at Cincy. 
better than what we have instantly, Dogs. right? Baker, he had Jarvis, he had Odell. So inside the division alone, Lamar's like, yo. And I mean, even past the Baker era in Cleveland, like Deshaun has yeah. Uh, yeah. Amari Cooper. Like they, exactly. they got guys too. But then so I'm going to read. Across- yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, you're good. So I'm going to read you something I saw uh, on Twitter. I believe this was from Warren Sharp. 2022 receiving yards by receivers aligned out wide. Just take a guess at where Baltimore ranks. I mean, below last. (laughs) So they're third last. How? How? Not by much. The total is 1,477 yards. Just to put it into perspective, the leader last year was Miami with 2,575 yards. Holy fuck. So that's over almost almost 1,100 exactly more yards than the Ravens. Uh, the two teams below us were Houston and Atlanta. So bad quarterback situation, bad receiver situation. But like that's awful, dude. But holy shit. One thing that's worth noting about those two teams, both of them have top 10 draft picks. So you can so compare they, the situations so and find say, the outlier. If you're the Ravens, I look at that and go, holy hell, that's real bad. What is the outlier here of why we're not a top 10 pick? It is the fucking quarterback that has put this entire franchise on its back. Yeah, has our defense been great? But imagine what this defense can do now without having the last six, seven games of the year. And I hate to say this too, let's just say Lamar gets hurt again, right? It now makes Huntley coming in not look as detrimentally scary because he's got these guys who go out and ball. And it also makes, if let's just say Odell gets hurt, okay? Because it's probably going to happen. He doesn't play full season. Why receivers get hurt? Well, I mean, not even not even just Odell, like Bateman, you Bateman. know, Duvernay, like or any even of these guys get hurt. Or even Andre Hopkins. One of those guys get hurt. You have legitimate, not just potential depth. You have legitimate depth to where you can actually go out and play. Like when Andrews got hurt last season, dude. It, what the, the fuck difference was palpable. Yeah, like what the hell are we doing now? I mean, dude, Andrews is a top two tight end in the league, top three, and it's like, two, what? Can, sure. What can he do? What can J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards go do? It's you're the Ravens. I understand adding Odell was huge, but it's like let's take this shit one step further, and like let's just rev this thing to a thousand. And who gives a shit about what happened? Like just go for it. So to that point, that's a great point that you bring up. I was listening to the Exit Fifty Two podcast the other day, and um, Spencer Schultz, uh, Ravens for Dummies, he's a really good follower for Ravens fans. Um, he brought up a really good point. He was like, and he, he kind of took it back to the draft and talking about like the, the, the approach in the first round and everybody after the Odell pickup seems to think we're going to be going corner. That's the logical choice. But he yeah. was like, you know, I'm not going to be surprised if we go receiver, whether it's Addison or flowers, whoever's there, because the rave, the stat that I just mentioned, they're third last in the league in receiving yards by receivers out wide last year. We've never had a good receiving court literally ever. Ever, I think the best ever the ever the best receiving core was the year that we won Corey Super Bowl Smith and Joe. Al Bowl and exactly. Joe. But that's and, still not and great. Pitta. But exactly. You look at some of the other teams, like they were not the best receiving core in the NFL by a large margin that year. Albeit they're great. And they did an incredible job down the stretch, especially. But he uh Spencer Schultz was like, the Ravens could realistically go receiver, even if you know they end up getting DeAndre Hopkins and they have Odell Beckham, just because the entire talk about this team and their offense to this point has been how bad their receivers are and how bad their pass game is. 
So they might overcorrect so much to where it's literally impossible for them to, to be not, not over that hump, right? So You have to almost, dude. You have to. You've mm-hmm. not hit on drafting franchise history. So this isn't an EDC thing. This goes back to Ozzy. Like, like yep. Hollywood is pr- – eh, maybe Torrey Smith is our best drafted wide receiver. That's, I think Hollywood was a bit more well-rounded, but yeah, yeah sure. But like, and, and this is this isn't a slot. I I'm a Hollywood guy. I love Hollywood. If you have Hollywood now and you add Odell, that's sick. Like, like yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like, it's to me like I love that. And I still, if I had to actually, I think I would still like. I don't want to say this. I would love to get Zay. And I wish Zay could be enough to be like for Lamar to be like, all right, let's go. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to take a DeAndre and an Odell to maybe get that thing moving a little more. I just am so – I want it. I want it. We deserve I want, it. I Yes, I deserve it. Yes, you and I deserve it. I'm not talking about, like, Lamar and, like, the team or Ravens fans in general. No. I'm talking about the specific you and I deserve I, it. I – they're literally – my two favorite wide receivers in the game could be my wide receivers. And then you have my favorite player in the whole league being my quarterback. And Greg Roman isn't in the OC. Bro. Praise I, Jesus. Praise Christ. I just like, I'm bullish over it. I'm, I can't wait. I'm letting you know right now if tomorrow night, or I'm sorry, tonight, or no, sorry, shit. Tonight, what? tonight. You got We're it. We're dropping it Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Right. If tonight I get a notification that DeAndre Hopkins is a Raven, I'm punching George straight in his dick. And I'm so excited because he's been getting me down these last two days about my excitement about this. I'm so excited. I will say, and this is going to, he's going to get all butthurt about us talking shit about him. However, I will say we offered him a mic and he declined I, it. So Can I defend George in this sense? Sure. I don't I don't disrespect him on waiting to be excited. I'm not I'm no certainly I'm, not. I've been there because like I'm still kind of there, but I said finally, you know what? O's are playing well. Playoff hockey's going. Caps could potentially get a nice pick. Let me get something nice here. Let me just get no like like let me get excited. I'm excited. I'm gonna get excited. I'm gonna be I shot 81 today and I didn't even exactly. play my best ball. But I played. You have well. every reason to be excited. You have every reason to be excited, and you know, with all with the DeAndre Hoff stuff swirling, the rumors going on and whatnot, the draft coming up, all this talk about what the Ravens could potentially do. More and more people seem to think that Lamar and the Ravens are getting close on a deal, which I don't know if there's any traction to that, but it's being floated out there, right? Like you're excited, I'm fucking excited, and I want to be excited with the boys. And George just tries to bring us all down, take no, a water hose. No, and I think it. George is trying to manage his expectations. Well, then he should do that on his own time. Let me be excited. I, I wouldn't disagree with that, but listen, I don't want to make him upset. I vowed to no longer shit on the homies, so I'm going to side with George here while also siding with you. Let's get excited, dude. Let's drink some now beer. Look, now, look, I, I'm I'm very much with you. I am building myself up, especially around this whole DeAndre Hopkins thing. I'm building myself up to be torn down, but like Michael Scott said, I'm ready to be hurt again, and that's me. I'm ready to be hurt by the Ravens. Again. I will say this. If he ends up in Buffalo or Kansas City, I will. Oh, I'm going to be pissed. No, 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 no. I'm going to go full Ezra Miller. I'm going to become the reverse Flash. 
which by the way, that movie looks so fucking cool. Movie looks really good. I think honestly, I think what we should do when that movie comes out, we go on uh, your brother Mark's podcast and we yeah. do like a full. Yes, let, but yeah, let dude, our, I think I fly our I nerd think, flags a little bit. I think this DeAndre thing, because I'll say this: I think with Odell Bate, and I still just think they draft the corner because I think it's actually the smartest thing to go do. As much as I I'd would agree. love for them to go get Zay, I would love Zay. <laughs> You're the biggest Zay guy in Baltimore, I think. I love Zay. I'm probably a bigger Zay guy than Zay is, to be honest with you. But it does make more sense to go cornerback. So in this sense, it just makes sense for the Ravens to say, do you think maybe they throw the first 22 at the Cardinals? So I told you yesterday, I saw a uh, a fan mock trade 22 um, to the Cardinals for DeAndre Hopkins and the 34th overall pick, which the Cardinals have. I would eat that up in a second. Now, I'll say this. I don't think that's entirely likely just because of how many holes the Cardinals have and how much building that they need to do because their roster is bad. I see that more as a – I don't see the Ravens doing that because they only have X amount of picks. But then, like, like EDC keeps saying that, like – Roquan is his second round pick this year, right? Dude, just say to have the same logic and say DeAndre's your first round pick. It's easy. Just get I, it. Dude, and, look, I'm and then you I get am... that second round pick back. So, like, like you still have a pick. Like, you're right. not so losing you, a pick. Exactly. I'm completely with you. So, by that logic, you're taking DeAndre Hopkins at 22 overall. Oh my which, God. And then you're taking Roquan Smith at, I don't know what. 51 or whatever think, that pick would be. I think it was like 50, yeah, mid I think it was in the 50s, yeah. Late 40s, early 50s. You're getting Roquan fucking Smith at there. Really good fucking draft to start. And then if the Cardinals do agree to that, then you get a guy like, I don't know, maybe it's DJ Turner or maybe it's Tyreek um I'm blanking on his last name, the corner from Miami, or maybe it's somebody who you we thought back, was going to go in the you bring maybe back Peters or you bring dude, back who's the John you said? I don't know. But they have maybe like a verbal agreement. Of, oh, Rocky Sin. There he is. Like, to me, you can still address the cornerback position mm-hmm. after the first round of the draft. I completely agree. And we'll get into it, especially with our draft talk. But the, like, you know how draft shit goes, right? Nobody agrees on anything. There's so much con- uh, conflicting reports going back and forth. And one guy, like, I, I saw Schrager was talking about uh, Jalen Carter won't get out of the top six. And then somebody was like, well, Seattle isn't is nowhere near going to draft Jalen Carter at five. And then somebody's like, well, Seattle really likes Jalen Carter. Nobody knows what the fuck's going on with the draft. The one thing that I've seen almost every draft analyst, if not every draft analyst say about this draft class is how incredibly deep the cornerback class is. So theoretically, at the end of the second round, potentially even in the third round, you can get somebody who in any other year would go mid late first round. That's yeah. just how stacked this cornerback draft is. I was listening to Cole Jackson, who is a uh, – he's a Ravens, I think, guest writer is the technical term. He writes for Ravens.com, and he's really good. He's uh, he, The way that he breaks down stuff is, is really interesting. But he was talking about how many, like, six-foot, six-foot-one-plus guys with long arms that run four or five or better are in this draft class. It's insane the amount of people that fit that builder in this draft class. So, Scott, like you're saying, 
while it makes obvious sense to address the corner position in the first round of 22, whether it's Porter or whether it's Deontay Banks, or even if they end up moving back a little bit and taking somebody like Emmanuel Forbes or Cam Smith, who I'm not very could high you maybe on. But get, could you maybe get Emmanuel Forbes at, at 34? That's exactly what I was going to say. This you my could point. theoretically go receiver because whether it's Zay or Jordan Addison or whomever, you could go receiver or, like I said, you could trade back to that 34 spot with the Cardinals. And who knows, maybe Emmanuel Forbes is sitting there at 34, so you don't have to take him at 22 or 25, whatever it is. Yeah, what's up? Do you think maybe the Ravens have said to the Cardinals, hey, we got a deal done. This is the conditions. This is it. Let us, can we wait? Because we worked with you last year. Things were super tight, kneeled, zip locked lips. Do you think maybe they've said, can we see how this draft falls? And by the time 22 comes, if Deontay, all these boys aren't there, we'll give you 22, whatever, and we want a sec- 34 and DeAndre. I certainly think that's possible. And I know for a fact, just from listening to interviews with you know analysts and insiders and whatnot, I know for a fact that stuff like that happens every year in the draft. Teams will call other teams and they say, hey, if this – scenario happens and this guy goes here and this guy goes there and this many position groups go in this many picks we're gonna work out a trade for this this and this here are the conditions here's the compensation this is where we're moving we're pick swapping here and there i know for a fact that that happens every single year when it comes to the draft so yeah i would not be surprised in the slightest if the ravens have like a you know a spit shake deal with the cardinals where they're like hey if None of these guys who we have on our board for that 22 spot are there. We'll flip that. And maybe it's a fifth. Maybe it's a sixth. Maybe it's a yeah. I don't care what else it takes. I, I don't give a shit what else it takes. If you have an opportunity to get DeAndre fucking Hopkins side by side. You got to do it. With, with. With Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham, with Lamar Jackson, with Mark Andrews, with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and fucking me. Oh my God. You just give it. You Absolutely. sell me. Sell trade me. I'll volunteer. Hey, look, I've been I've been telling you I think I'm gonna move to Arizona anyway. So fucking trade me to Arizona. I will do it for the culture. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. Be mad as shit at you. <laughs> it's funny. Your dad told me the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm so I'm just I, I'm I'm buzzing over this idea. I honestly I think my heart rate is like over a hundred right now. Just well, thinking what, about it. What like I thought when Odell signed, and like I was cool with it. Like that was it. But from what I've heard is that the Ravens are like no, like that isn't it. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. And like, like, I'm just so fired up. I need, because if that happens, that means Lamar Jackson's staying. Has to. Absolutely has to mean And that. so if Lamar Jackson stays, I'm a happy man. And I'm cool with whatever it takes to keep Lamar Jackson. Yeah, dude, I completely agree. Look, I have been, you, I mean, you know, you hear it all the time from me. I've been saying it for years. At some point, you have to push the chips all in and say, fuck it. Fuck the picks. Fuck 10 years from now. If we're going to win a championship, we got to go all in right goddamn now. Okay, so the Ravens have played the whole, well, 
no, we value this, that, and this, and we don't want to cost. Okay, well, it's been 10-plus years, and you haven't fucking even gotten to an AFC Championship game since then. It's time to push everything fucking in. And listen, with Lamar Jackson, you've seen if you don't have everyone, you can still compete. So it's like, like, I understand what the Ravens' whole thing, and I respect it, but times have changed and things have changed to where eventually at some point you have to do it. And I'm sorry, like, I'll say this. If EDC gets this done, I will become the biggest EDC apologist <laughs> that has ever existed. First off, I'll curse his name for about a month, about a month. And then, because he's made me so stressed and he's made me so mad, but if he gets this done, I will send a direct message to Lacey DaCosta from the Wave podcast from me asking to be unblocked. <laughs> I hope you do. I hope well, I will solely for that purpose. I want you like the meme of the guy uh, on his knees at the front door, just head down with his money out. Whatever it takes have to be you. Look, Whatever I told you in the group chat today, if we get hot and Lamar gets extended, I'll get in EDC. We trust tattooed on my ass. I'll do it. Honestly, you know what? Not even on my ass. I'll get it tattooed anywhere on my body that can be covered by professional clothing. Now, how I'll big is how big is this tattoo? I don't know, normal size. I'm not getting blown, you know, covering my whole back, but just normal, like written out. All right, I might, I might join you. Look at us. All right. Hey, no one we can do that is in Outer Banks when you come down with us. Yeah, maybe we'll see. All right, that covers uh, that covers non-Ravens related or non-draft related Ravens. I was going to say, Jesus, that's all Ravens related. <laughs> uh, other than that, I don't think really anything's been going on with the Ravens. It was the hop trade and the Lamar buzz. Do you that's think really maybe it. they throw in peak, uh, PQ? Certainly possible, yeah. So Honestly. So, so 22 and PQ for DeAndre in a second? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, give me it. I mean, how do, you, how do you say no to that? Like how? That actually works out. Like that's good. And I think at that point, you can get them to eat a couple million of his salary, too. So it really helps all parties. Mm. God, I, I want it to happen so bad. I, I hope I, I hope I haven't wanted I haven't wanted a sporting thing to happen, like like an offseason transaction to happen as bad as this one ever. And you were pretty uh, you were pretty hyped up on the on the possibility of the Orioles getting Corbin Burns. I'm still on that. I know you are. I'm just oh, saying. If they get Corbin Burns, oh, believe me, I'll believe me. I'll be all in. Oh yeah. All right, Scott. Now let's move on to the actual draft. I got you. All right. So first thing I figured we could do, we had our we had the intern put out our mock drafts. They were our official mock drafts for this year's first round. We only did the first round. We're not going through all seven. No, Jesus, I struggled enough with one. <laughs> um. I think between the two of us, we had some interesting takes, and I know the people. Yeah, I, I sitting up here just drafting. No, nah, I'm gonna have some fun with this shit. I know the people of the uh, the internet had some questions for us as well, so we'll start with those, and then we'll go through kind of not pick by pick, but we'll kind of break down each our thought processes and what we were seeing. Um, so the biggest question that to me personally, and I think we got a bit, little bit of it on the Instagram, uh, was you had Jalen Carter falling to thirteen. What was your thought process? So there's always a guy that falls. And I looked at the team needs 
And some of the team needs just didn't line up with him right off the bat. And so when you get deeper and deeper, I feel like sometimes these guys just fall and they just free fall. I understand he's a stud. I understand. So I had him at where? Uh, at the Jets. So no, now the Packers have that, correct? Packers, right. So, I mean, this, these are all also things that in a matter of a day, dude, things change. So like, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's still 13. He's up there. I mean, from what I've heard is that I I do legitimately think one, two, three will be a quarterback. I don't know how and maybe what order exactly, but I do think one, two, three will be quarterback. Um, okay. I think I thought I had Anthony Richardson falling to Vegas. I think that's a slam dunk. That's going to happen. Really? Yeah. So like, I feel like his hype was mad high, right? It was crazy high combine went and, past and then you know his pro day went and he did great but like it didn't no one's talking about him being in the top two and there's been more buzz about will levis like you saw his odds went from like massive to maybe now a little yeah slim. because somebody on somebody on reddit said that he's telling his family and friends to buy houses in carolina oh okay oh you didn't see that no i did not see that that's so, that's but, why that happened there was a reddit post that said will levis is telling his family and friends that carolina is going to take him yeah I got you. Okay. Um, so my, my thought process was, so I had Bryce Young, CJ, Will Levis to Minnesota, right? Then I had Will Anderson, Tyrese Will, or Tyree Wilson. And I thought edge for the pan of, I'm sorry, for the, uh, for Seattle was just, they need that massively. And then Christian Gonzalez, he's a lion to me. They need so much help with, with, with defense. And then I, like I said, Anthony Richardson, and then this was that the B. John Robinson that the Chicago feels like such a slam dunk. Like he, dude, if he ends up with Justin, Field, they might rush for 4,000 yards. Now I will say this. I originally saw that and I kind of like shrugged it off um, just because how many holes that they have around the rest of the team, like their offensive line's really bad. Yeah, their that, defense is really yeah. bad. They lost Roquan Smith. I just figured use that pick, maybe get a left tackle, maybe get, uh, Skaronsky, yep. who they're saying yep. can play guard or tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. He was, yep, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. However, I will say, the more that I thought about it, their starting running back right now is Khalil Herbert. Correct. And with how good of a runner Justin Fields is and how well he played last year, that kind of run attack that they built, you yep. figure get him some help with DJ Moore, run the same run game. You lose David Montgomery. You replace that with Bijan Robinson. Now you're cooking with gas and Bijan. He's not just a, you know, running back in the backfield. He can play slot. He can run routes. Well, he can he's catch a lot of backfield. Bijan Bijan is nasty. He's a fucking weapon. So that's so, my top. That's by like my, well, then I had Jackson Smith and Jigba going to, so I had a trade with Philly and Tennessee where unfortunately I do, I don't. This was me just trying to have some fun here. I'm not trying to sit here and just have a cookie cutter draft. I'm trying to have some fun. So I had Philly trading for uh, Derrick Henry. So then Tennessee gets ten and eleven, um, and so they're gonna they're gonna start stacking just offensive playmakers. And they're another I mean, team that have no weapons on their team. That's what I mean. And so, so even yeah. though Ryan Tenhill sucks, but like okay, like suck again next year and go out and get a fucking. Um, What's his name out in um Caleb Williams? Yeah. Then you're <laughs> yeah, then you're fine. So yeah, that's or, my thoughts. I mean or uh ran what's his name? Ran Carthen? Yeah, something like that. Maybe he goes he goes and gets Trey Lance from San Francisco. Yep, something like that. 
But yeah, that yeah, I mean, I understand. Like, there was a. I'll be honest. I don't love. Um, I don't love that I let what's his name go all the way to thirteen. I'll be Carter. honest. He kind of, he slipped a little bit in my brain. Oh, I was like, ah, shit, I forgot <laughs> him. But like, I there is always a guy that that does fall always, and so just the way this draft is like just shaking out a little bit, like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think I just think and then I had Zay Flowers going to Buffalo and they're gonna trade the twenty-two. I don't maybe that's Carolina or Arizona taking Zay or who knows? Who knows? I think Zay and Hollywood would be electric together. That would be really oh fun to watch. Nah, see, but I don't know, because they're kind of very similar. And they have Rondale Moore too. So yes, they need they need three of the same yeah, guy pretty much. But hey, you never know, man. That would that would be electric to watch. And no, yeah. I, I appreciate I appreciate you kind of taking some taking some hacks with your mock draft. It's I forget who it was. I think it was Daniel Jeremiah said that like nobody is gonna have an accurate mock draft. Like that's just not how the nature of mock drafts go. It's more of like a thinking exercise to see like, okay, if this happens, then what happens here? And then if those two things happen, then how does that affect this? It's really just fun to like run through the different scenarios and see like kind of piece together what can happen where. So, no, I don't. I don't blame you. You were just trying to have some fun, like you said. You took some yeah. took some hacks, daddy hacks. Oh yes, daddy. Um, another question that we got a little bit, uh, a little bit often was both Houston and Indianapolis in our respective mock drafts going edge at the top rather than quarterback. So in your mock draft, you had uh, Bryce Young going one, C.J. Stroud going two, and the Vikings, like you said, trading up with Arizona to get Will Levis, who they rumored love a lot. And so do so does Indianapolis. So that would make sense. They try to jump Indianapolis to get Will Levis. So that that makes sense there. I just like I told you, I don't know that they necessarily have the chips to move up that much. They're moving up, I think, like 19 spaces or something or 20 spaces, maybe. So that would be a, a pretty hefty jump. But I mean, who knows? We've seen crazier shit happen. And then at four, you have the Colts taking Will Anderson. Um, I don't want to speak for you. In my mock draft, I have Houston taking Will Anderson at two, not going quarterback. What? Houston's not going to go quarterback? That's what everybody's saying, man. Really? Damn. I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a chance there's a scenario where one, two aren't a combination of Bryce and CJ. Look, I'm with you. I'd be shocked, but where there's smoke, there's fire. And there is a ton of smoke around Houston. I know, but I feel like every draft dude, there's like the, Oh, Hey, by the way, this might not happen just to get buzz. Like, nah, dude, if Houston doesn't take a quarterback here, I mean, I guess well, so next year it's a good. So here's my thing. Thought process. It's a gamble. Like, like I said, I don't want to I don't want to speak for you, but my thought process was Houston has two picks in the first round, right? Not only do they have two picks in the first round, their head coach is a defensive guy. He's also from Alabama. D'Amico Ryan's went to Alabama, he played defense. So there's the connection with Will Anderson. Yeah, right? I hear you. Yeah. And Will Anderson, I don't want to say he's the consensus best player in this draft because a lot of people will say Jalen Carter. But Will Anderson Well, that too. Will Anderson was a guy who I don't remember if you were in on the conversation, but I know Shmi and I were talking about it last year in the national championship when they lost to Georgia. We both were like 31. That's a grown ass man. Mm -hmm. So last year, Will Anderson would have been a top five pick. Maybe would have went one overall this year. I still feel like, I mean, 
he had 17 sacks as a true sophomore last year. And then he had like 10 and a half this year. So I just think that he is like he said on good morning football, he's not the safe pick. He's the right pick. I still believe that if I was any team other than Carolina picking at one, I'm taking Will Anderson first overall. Cause I think he is the best player in this draft. And I think he's going to have an incredible career as a pass rusher. So my thought process was Houston goes Will Anderson because, like I said, D'Amico Ryan's Bama guy defense, San Francisco prides themselves on having that sort of mold on the defense to get after the passer. Um, and when you look at the flip side, D'Amico's offensive coordinator that had brought in was Bobby Slowick. If Bobby Slowick is going to implement the San Francisco offense, I mean, we've seen what San Francisco can do. If they get the right pieces around him, they don't need a stud quarterback. Yeah, I hear so, you. I don't, I don't think they're going to roll with Davis Mills by any means, but I'm just saying, I think if you can get a guy like Will Anderson at two, he brings more value to your team than even somebody like CJ Stroud with, with the offense around him, just based I mean, off that of changes how, everything. That changes the entire draft. If CJ, yeah, completely, completely agree. Um, and to kind of piggyback off of that. So obviously Houston, like I said, they have the 12th overall pick as well. In my mock draft, I have them trading with Philly at 10. So Tennessee's picking at 11, right? Tennessee, they've done a lot of homework on their quarterbacks. A lot of people seem to think that they could potentially jump up to grab a quarterback in the top 10 or even the top five. Houston's in the same division. So in my scenario, in my mock draft, I have them obviously going Will Anderson at two. I have them trading with Philly to jump over Tennessee to grab Will Levis at 10. So that way they... They get their quarterback, and they get maybe the best defensive player. Yeah, I could see that. My brain didn't work like that, so I respect you for for <laughs> thinking like that. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Thanks. Hey, nice um, job, dude. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. And then talking about the Colts, I don't have C.J. Stroud falling very far. I have him going three to Indianapolis. I think, truthfully, I think once – and again, this is just my scenario. I think once Houston passes on Stroud and goes Will Anderson – I think there are going to be at least two or three teams calling Arizona. The entire world knows Arizona is trying to get out of three, right? Yeah, Everybody knows 100, that. 100, I don't think there's a chance Arizona picks at three. I don't either. Now, everybody's saying nobody wants to come up in this draft. That could just be bullshit, right? Everybody knows Arizona wants to get out. I think if Stroud is sitting there at three, I think Indianapolis, particularly Jim are saying Chris Ballard, are going to shit their pants thinking of the possibility that they don't get a guy yeah right? especially with the quarterbacks that they've had in the last three years so in my mock draft i have them trading with arizona to go up and get cj stroud they put they put an end to the whole quarterback question in indianapolis they get cj stroud and then who knows where they go from there right um what else i think you're gonna like this one in my mock draft at five i have seattle going anthony richardson no, I hate that. Why? They have Gina. Right. But here was my thought process. So first, let me say, I will not be surprised in the slightest if this pick is Jalen Carter. Seattle's run yeah, defense like, last year. If you're going to take a quarterback in the top five, he can't be a guy that's sitting for two years. Can't. See, normally I would agree with you. However, I think this is a perfect spot for Seattle to take a – not any quarterback, right? Like if it was CJ Stroud, I think it makes a little less sense because I think CJ is more, more polished when it comes to, you know, being an NFL ready or at least being capable of taking an NFL field. Ugh. Okay. I think it's a perfect 
spot for Seattle to take a shot because, like you said, you have Geno. He's he just signed what like a three year deal. But when you look at the financials of it, it's really like a one year deal. But most of the guaranteed money is coming up front in year one. And he's how old is he? Thirty two. Dude, he had a really good year, though. Like He absolutely did. He had a great year. But I'm just saying, I think this is a really good opportunity for Seattle to lock up their future franchise quarterback. You know, like Geno's not going to be there forever. Yeah. I, I, and I, I think see, if they – As saw, an AR-15 – as an Anthony Richardson fan, I don't love that. I want him going fair. to Vegas and stealing Jimmy G's job by week eight. That's fair. But, I mean, I think also or Seattle's in a much – I would like to see him in Indy. I think that would be really fun. Him and him and Jonathan Taylor, that would be electric. Yeah. But like I said, if Seattle wasn't picking again at what, 20, then I don't think there's even a chance they go quarterback here. But it's because they have another first round pick that isn't theirs and they're picking so high. It's kind of like how I feel with Philly and, and Bijan at 10 or in my mock draft yeah. at 12. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Let him sit behind Gino for a year. Gino has been a career backup up until this past season. Right. So he knows how to coach up a quarterback, especially a young raw Uber physically gifted player. Let him sit behind Gino for a year, grow into the franchise quarterback and then take the helm next year or the year after. I just think it's such a perfect spot for Anthony Richardson to land. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see your logic as a fan. I hope not. That's fair. Um, but like I said, would not surprise me even for a second if this pick was Jalen Carter, just because Seattle's run defense last year was really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And they're in a division with the 49ers who all they do is run the ball. And like, to me, if you're a team like Seattle and you have that top whatever pick, like, okay, you made the playoffs last year with that guy as your quarterback. Like, like you said, go out and get that guy that addresses more of your need this season when you have that quarterback you just paid. To me, that makes just a little bit more sense, but I see what your point is. I see you. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. I'm just saying this was this was me kind of trying to put my my big brain hat on and like like you did, taking a swing. Yeah, no, I, I love the big swing. Um, Six, I have Jalen Carter. Uh, Schrager, I think, on Monday said he heard over the weekend that Carter's not making it out of the top six. I know a lot of people are fearful of his off the field issues and maybe character concerns and whatnot. I think Dan Campbell is the perfect guy to be like, I don't give a shit about that. He's a dog. He's one of, if not the best player in this draft. I want him on my team. Also Detroit really struggled with stopping the run last year. So he immediately makes that defense better. He makes and that team so much better right away. Exactly. You put him with Aiden Hutchinson. That's a very good defensive front already. Um, but I will say this, obviously the Lions just traded Jeff Okuda to Atlanta. So if they go Christian Gonzalez or Devin Witherspoon for that matter, wouldn't be surprised. Um, Vegas at seven. So this is where I go a little bit off the beaten path. I have them taking Gonzalez. And here's why. Initially, I thought this was a slam dunk lock of a pick for them to go offensive line whether it's Paris Johnson, whether it's Darnell Wright, whether it's Skaronsky, I thought for sure they were going to go offensive line because their offensive line is fucking terrible. But I started thinking, who won their division last year? Who's uh, Vegas? AFC West. Uh, that was, um, who was it? Super Bowl champion KFC, uh, <laughs> KFC, Kansas City right. Chiefs. <laughs> right. Uh, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, obviously. 
Who else is in that in that division? Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, right? They like to throw the ball a lot. That's why Who I else is in that division? Who else is in that division? Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. They like to throw the ball. Sean Payton's their stinky. new coach. Stinky. Russ is stinky, yes, but the rest of them not so much. Team stinky. To me, this pick is about getting maybe the best cornerback in the draft and competing with the Cortland Suttons, the Mike Williams, the Keenan Allens, the Marquez Valdez-Scantling or whoever the fuck Kansas City is going to try it out there as a wide receiver one next year. Um, but like I said, O-line wouldn't surprise me at all. Eight, I have them going corner as well. I have them taking Devin Witherspoon. A lot of people like him as the top corner in the class. Uh, AJ Terrell, I think, is coming in on the last year of his rookie deal or maybe the second last year of his rookie deal. So this to me is like, maybe you extend him, maybe you don't, but you're getting maybe the best corner in the class uh, to go with Jeff Okuda, sure up that defense on the back end. I, I really didn't know what they need. I thought maybe Nolan Smith is an edge, but yeah, I think it might be a tad bit high for him. I don't know. I just, Witherspoon here makes a lot of sense, especially because he, a lot of people say he's not like the polished, you know, sort of cover corner. So being with two other really good corners in Okuda and Terrell, I don't know. I just thought that kind of made sense. Mm-hmm. Nine, I had Skaronsky. Like I said, I think Chicago's just got way too many holes on the offensive line. Uh, people are saying he could potentially play guard if he doesn't play tackle at the next level. So having a swing piece in the middle of the line, just going to help Justin Fields that much more. Not really a ton there. Ten, mm-hmm. like I said, I had Will Levis going to Houston in a trade with Philly. Ooh. Um, mm-hmm. Eleven. I really thought about a receiver here to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I really, really thought about Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think a lot of people have him linked to the Titans, and I think that just makes perfect sense with how few weapons they have on that team. But I decided to go with Paris Johnson because they cut Taylor Luan. That team is really, really bad. They have no idea what they're doing at the quarterback spot. I think if you can sure up that blind side, it just yeah. takes one massive question mark off the board immediately. Twelve. What? I burp. Oh, <laughs> at twelve, I have Bijan going to the Eagles in that trade with uh, with Houston. Of course, you fucking would, dude. Look. He, to me, feels like the missing piece of that team. Like I said, he's not just like a backfield running back. He's a weapon. You could put him in the slot. You could split him out wide. You can catch passes. You want him to go to Philly because you want he him to is, succeed. He is one of the best running back prospects I think we've seen in a long time. Long-ass fucking time, dude. For a running back to be considered maybe a top 10 pick is insane. You put him behind that Philadelphia O-line, that's, that's scary hours. No, I don't want it. No, I don't either. Yes, I'm you do. Yes, you do. Why do you do this? It's a mock draft, brother. Make it not happen. <laughs> 13. This is uh, this is another one where I get a little hairy. Oh. I have Dalton Kincaid, tight end out of Utah, going to the Green Bay Packers. I don't I don't hate that. I don't hate that. Now I was thinking about it earlier today, and part of me wishes that after the the Rodgers trade went through, part of me wishes that this was a receiver just to kind of give a big fuck you to Aaron Rodgers. Just because I think that would be funny and and cause mayhem. 
but Christian Watson played really well last year. I think they had Romeo Dobbs also played really well last year. I think if you get a dynamic, and I mean dynamic pass catcher, weapon in the pass game as kind of like a safety blanket for Jordan Love, I think that makes his job exponentially easier. And yeah. they need him to be good. Like they need yeah. him to not look incompetent this year. So I think getting Dalton Kincaid, who Daniel Jeremiah, I think it was, likened him to Travis Kelsey. Yeah. I I think that's a really good pick for them there. I think, to me, Green Bay is going wide receiver or tight end. Completely agree. One, if they go defense this year, I think they're going to be really pissed as fans. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. I With actually two first think, Green last could, year they I think Green Bay could be sneaky good this next season. I mean, it all depends on Jordan Love, but I agree. I don't think I Jordan, think Jordan Love's good. Personally. I agree. I agree. I don't think he's as bad as people are, are saying that he is. I think he's going to, I think he's going to surprise some people next year. I really do. Yeah. Uh, 14. I had Jackson Smith and Jigba going to new England. He, to me, seems so much like a freaking uh, Packer to me, but I understand what you're saying. I understand. I would have had those two flip, but I understand what you're saying. Now I'll say this, Scoot. And, and I think you'll, well, you might not like this for the sake of it, but you're a big Zay Flowers guy. I almost put Zay Flowers here. I could see Zay being a New England Patriot. Look, he went to Boston. He went to he went to Boston College, right? Yeah, no, he's a a shifty little slot guy. In that sense, Zay would be the first wide receiver there, correct? Correct. I've been hearing that that's what's going to happen. So, so I'll say that I'm not going to be surprised if the pick is Zay Flowers. But to me, Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best receiver in this class by a pretty significant margin. So I have him going to New England. I think he pairs really well with Juju up there, and also. I think they need to figure out if Mac Jones is the guy. So why not give him a weapon and figure out if he actually is or if he isn't, you know? Yeah. Uh, 15, Broderick Jones to the Jets. I don't really know what the Jets are going to do. I just heard everybody say that the Jets are going to go offensive line and Broderick Jones was the best one to me mm-hmm. left on the board. So mm-hmm. not a ton there. Same thing with my pick at 16. Uh, I had Lucas Ness going to the commanders. Um he to me could be top 10 or he could fall to the second round. I have no fucking idea where this guy's going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, people say he's versatile. People say he could play inside and outside. So you put him with chase young on that front. I think that makes a ton of sense. I also, I also don't know outside of quarterback where Washington could go in the first round. So this one to me was just kind of like a, Hey, let's just throw something. 17 again, kind of like the jets Darnell Wright to the Steelers. Everybody just says they're going to go offensive line. So he was the best <laughs> one available at this point. 18, I have Joey Porter going to the Lions. I think Dan Campbell might legitimately fall in love with Joey Porter. Like, he just feels like a Dan Campbell guy. Uh, and after they trade away Jeff Okuda, they need to sure up the secondary. So yep. this just this just makes perfect sense. 19, I have Nolan Smith going to the Bucks. Wasn't really sure where they could go. I think they could go O-line. Maybe they go Hendon Hooker at 19, get a quarterback. Who knows? Um but I have him going Nolan Smith. I think Nolan Smith is a freak talent. I think he's going to be really good in the, in the NFL. Um, and I think him with, I believe his name is Joe Tryon uh, on the other side on, uh, on Tampa Bay's defense. I think that could potentially be a really good uh, defensive front. There also aren't a ton of like the NFC South is up for grabs. So I think if you have a good defense, regardless of their offensive situation, they have Baker. Uh, I believe Kyle Trask is still there for another year or two. So who the fuck knows? Mm-hmm. 20, I have Miles Murphy going to Seattle. This is more of just like a, hey, let's sure up the defensive front. We took Anthony Richardson at five. We'll get Miles Murphy, edge rusher, uh, out of Clemson at 20. Not really much there. This is where the run starts for me, Scott. 
21, I have Jordan Addison going to the Chargers. Ooh. This to me, one, it just makes so much sense because he went to USC and it would be easy to keep him in LA, right? But they love, and I mean love, Justin Herbert. And everybody, like Josh Allen, he gets the, well, he can't do it alone bullshit, right? Even though he has Mike Evans and Keenan Allen. So I'll preface this with... Mike Williams. Or, sorry, yes, Mike Williams. That's I was like, wait, what the fuck did I miss? Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, sorry, Mike Williams. Um, I'll preface this with saying I would not be surprised if this is Jameer Gibbs because I think Eckler is a foot and a half out the door. I also wouldn't be surprised if this was a tight end. Maybe if Kincaid falls, I could see him going here. Would also not be surprised if they go Michael Mayer. But I think regardless, they're going weapon. That's just kind of how I feel about it. People are saying maybe Edge because Khalil uh, Mack is on his way out or they're not in love with J.C. Uh, Jackson, so maybe they go corner. I just think they're going weapon because they want to build up Herbert as much as possible. So I think they're going either Addison or Zay Flowers, and I went with Addison because of the L.A. connection. All right. Wide receiver number three, your guy, Zay Flowers, coming off the board at 22 to the New York Giants. I have a mock trade with the Ravens. The Ravens are trading back, stacking picks. Giants are coming up. I feel like outside of maybe like interior offensive line, which I don't think they're going to take at 22 or 25 where they draft for that matter. Outside of interior offensive line, they need weapons for Daniel Jones. Like that was their biggest thing last year. They had no receivers. Their receiving core was bad. So I think they, they jump up with the Ravens. They jump. Uh, who do I have them jumping? Jacksonville and Minnesota to get a receiver. 23, I have the Vikings taking Deontay Banks. Not a ton of thought went into this. Just like, a hey, Patrick Peterson's gone. No idea what the Vikings are going to do. This could be another one where I could see it being Hendon Hooker. Um, but I, I think at this point, certainly Deontay Banks is the best corner on the draft at this point. So I have them taking him. 24 to Jacksonville, I have Michael Mayer, tight end out of Notre Dame. Uh, Evan Ingram is on the franchise tag. I don't know if he'll be back after this year. So get another weapon for Trevor. Also, Calvin Ridley coming back. So just... Weapons all over the place. 25, I have another trade. Bills are coming up with the Ravens. The Bills are going to take Quentin Johnston. And I'm not huge on Johnston. I know you're not either. But I think he actually complements Buffalo's offense really well because he's a deep threat. Stefan Diggs is that middle of the field guy, can do really everything. Gabe Davis typically takes the top off, but I think he has other skills as well. I think Quentin Johnston to Buffalo just makes a ton of sense. Um, and this Buffalo is another team where I'm like, other than receiver, like, I don't know what they do. Maybe corner, maybe, but at this point I don't really see anybody on the board. So I, I have them trading up to get a receiver. That was my thought process. 26 Jameer Gibbs running back out of Bama to the Cowboys. Mm. Zeke's gone. Tony Pollard's on the franchise tag. This is just, I mean, it, it makes so much sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what else? Uh, 27, I have the Ravens taking Emmanuel Forbes. This, I mean, we kind of talked about it earlier. Forbes has grown on me a little bit. And after I get through my mock draft, we'll talk about the Ravens prospects. But Forbes has grown on me, and I'll explain why in a little bit. 28 to the Bengals, I have Brian Branch. Uh, this one was really simple as well. They lost both of their safeties in free agency. Just plug and play. 29, Cam Smith to the Saints, 30, Will McDonald to the Eagles, and 31, Anton Harrison to the Chiefs. They lost uh, Orlando Brown. Just plug and play another tackle. 
I think personally that there is going to be a ton, a ton of movement tonight in the draft. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait. I could logistically, I could see maybe upwards of like six trades. Like I think yeah. there's going to be so much fucking movement. Me too. Uh, all right, Scoot. So that was my breakdown of my mock draft. Did you have anything else that you kind of wanted to expand on before we jump into the Ravens potential prospects? No, I thought you did a good job. Nice draft, dude. Thanks, dude. All right. Last order of business on our draft episode. Scoot, let's talk about the Ravens. Okay. So I think everybody knows where you want them to go with the first pick, right? You want safe flowers. And I don't think that's a secret. No. Or uh, Anthony Richardson. Or Anthony Richardson, your guy AR-15. Stop saying that. Stop saying I'm a Philly guy. All right. Wow, nice. that was a lot easier than I thought. I was gonna, I was gonna say you folded way too easily there. <laughs> it's never gonna happen because you are a Philly guy. No, nope, you went not to true. school in Philly. I did, but you're an AR-15 guy. Stop saying that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's so much more weight to that one. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> I'm, look, the proof is in the tape. I, I am an Anthony Richardson guy. Yeah, you're correct. <laughs> exactly. Man, it's going to suck if he doesn't wear 15 in the NFL. No, it's going to be great. I would love to stop saying that. God. What, so you can call him AR-12? AR-8. No. I can't have him wear 8. I just can't. Mm, I can. AR-5. So want- Dan from Salisbury, or whatever his name is, uh, uh um, Dan from Rising Sun would lose his freaking mind. Ronald from Rising Sun would lose it. That's Joe Flacco's number. They're going dis- to They've had two black men wearing that number. They can't be having that. So you want Zay Flowers? I want Zay Flowers. Where Where does your love for him come from? I just think he fits his offense right now perfectly. And I think he's electric so, as fuck. I agree. Uh, I've talked about it, I think, a little bit on this program. I originally wasn't in on Zay Flowers. I hated Zay. Was I just thought he was like he was Hollywood 2.0. It was just like yeah, another and Hollywood in this team right now will be sick. Right now, yes, I agree with that. But I just think we need a true X. We need a wide receiver one. We need somebody like Jackson Smith and Jigba, in my opinion. So that's kind of why I didn't want Zay Flowers. However, the more that I you know look into the tape, the more that I hear people talk about him, he's a fucking animal. Steve Smith called him the next Steve Smith, and that was all the testimonial I need. So I would love Zay Flowers. Would also love Jordan Addison. I think Jordan yeah, Addison. Yeah. Ah, I think Jordan Addison gives you a little bit more of that true sort of outside receiver. He'll probably play more of the slot if he comes here. Um, I just think he's he gives you a little bit more that Zay can't on the outside. Uh, but nevertheless, Zay. And Jordan Addison, I think either of them, you drop them right into this offense at either the slot or outside, and they're difference makers from Jump Street. Another guy that is getting rumored to the Ravens a lot, Quentin Johnston. I would hate this pick. I would hate the pick. Daniel Jeremiah said that there have been three Big 12 receivers over the last, I think, like 10 years to post a 1,000-yard season in the NFL. Hollywood Brown, C.D. Lamb, and Tyler Lockett. That's it. I want Dang. nothing to do with. I want nothing to do with Quentin Johnson. If Quentin nothing. Johnson, if Quentin Johnson ends up as a Raven, to me, it's he's going to be Brashad Perriman two point mm-hmm. 
Uh, outside of those guys, I don't think there are any receivers being rumored to the Ravens, at least on night one. Um, I think potentially Rock, uh, Rakim Jarrett in like the third or the fourth round out of Maryland is a potential uh, pick. Would love that. Who's uh, I would Mingo? love that. Mingo from uh, Ole Miss. Jonathan Mingo is another one. Uh, a lot of be here for his Mingo Horn. Mingo. Mingo I'm gonna go, go down the O's game and see Jonathan Mingo throw out the first pitch. And then go play bingo later. <laughs> and Dundalk. I would honestly, I think Jonathan Mingo would be a great pick. Uh, I just don't know. Cause a lot of people I think seem to believe he's going to go on uh, day two in the second round. And I mean, we don't have a second round pick. Yeah. But if he falls to the third round, I wouldn't be surprised if we jumped on him. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't really know any of the receivers in this class that could potentially show up later on. I know Keishon Boutte was a, a name that's been floated around a bit, not to the Ravens, but just in general. Um, LSU receivers, I think, are just always going to be decent. And for whatever reason, nobody's really talking about Boutte. So I'll be interested to see where he goes. Jalen Hyatt is another one who I want no part of, but people seem to think he could go on night one. Um, and then there are a bunch of other guys like A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest. Uh, there's a guy, Michael Wilson out of Stanford. There's a bunch of receivers that are going to go in the mid rounds, but Honestly, to me, Scoot, if the Ravens aren't going to go receiver in the first round, I would just – I wouldn't even bother. Like, Yeah, stay away. Mm-hmm. Go get DeAndre Hopkins and then don't even bother with it. Or even if you don't get Hopkins, I think your receiving court right now is good enough, certainly better than it was before. And maybe you sign, I don't know, undrafted free agents. Maybe you go get somebody who's on the market currently. I don't know. But I just don't think outside of guys like I mentioned, Rakim Jarrett, I don't think there are really a ton of guys in the mid to late rounds that would be worth a pick. That's just my opinion. I would agree. Other positions, we mentioned the corners, right? Joey Porter Jr., Deontay Banks, Cam Smith, Emmanuel Forbes. Everybody's been giving takes on those guys. And like I said, I think Emmanuel Forbes has grown on me because he plays bigger than he is. A lot of people, like the biggest knock on him is his size, right? He played, or he's... 165 pounds, I think he weighed in at, uh, which I believe came up to 170 at his pro day. Emmanuel Forbes, to me, is just, he has a lot of Marcus Peters in him. He's just smaller, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think he has the NCAA record for pick sixes in a career or in a season or whatever. Um, So if you let him kind of be that gambler and pair him with Marlon Humphrey, I'm all in. I'm all in. Yes, I would agree. similar... Similar to Zay Flowers, I heard uh, Pac-Man Jones talking about Zay. Or, sorry, not Zay. Emmanuel Forbes. And he was like, yeah, this dude's a dog. Like, he's going to be good. Yeah, I like that. Okay. That that was all the convincing that I needed. Another yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, I agree, Uncle Dante. I agree. I agree. Well said, Jim. Thanks. Another name at the corner position to watch out for with the Ravens. DJ Turner out of Michigan. Yuck. Yuck. Michigan corner stanky. Eh. So somebody pointed him out as a potential, like he is kind of like one of the guys that I mentioned earlier, any other year that isn't this good of a corner class, he could go in the first round. Yeah. Everybody's everybody's saying he's going to go in the second, just because of how loaded this corner class is. I think the, the, the Harbaugh Michigan connection obviously is there. McDonald, Mm -hmm. that connection is there Mm -hmm. too. But I started looking into this guy, and he's got a lot of really good tape out there. And I haven't really done a ton of research, hand up. But 
I, I wouldn't hate this pick either. And I think that there's a lot of likelihood that if the Ravens move back into the second round, he could be the pick. So okay. just something to watch out for. He's right. just got a guy to keep your eye on as a Ravens fan. I like that. Uh, another guy, like I said, Tyreek, I believe his last name is Stevenson corner out of Miami. He's another guy to look out for too. Ooh, love the Miami boys. Mm-hmm. Dogs down there. Bark, bark, bark. Uh, outside a big of hurricane, pos- a big hurricane. <laughs> outside of those positions, man, I think it could really be depth. You know, I think at some point we'll take Letting an interior. You know, right offense. now, if they if they draft a tight end or a running back, I will murder someone. Now, I differ from you there. I, I wouldn't hate a running back in like the fourth or beyond. Just like we did this year with uh, or last year with what's his name, um, Batty. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Look, I that that was that one just made no sense. But there are a lot of really good running backs in this class. Deuce Vaughn, I wouldn't hate him. Really wouldn't hate him. Um, Kendra Miller, I think is his name, out of TCU. No, not TCU. Where did he go? I don't know where Kendra Miller went. He's another name that I think could potentially be uh, on the Ravens' radar. Uh, Zach Charbonnet from UCLA, he's probably going to go much earlier than third round. Uh, he'll probably go in the second or you know early third at the latest, but He's a guy to look out for. Um, I think there are Tank Bigsby out of Auburn. There are a ton of running backs, and I really wouldn't hate it if we took one just because I think Justice is only on a one-year deal. And who knows with Gus, but I really wouldn't hate running back. Other than that, though, dude, defensive line I think is going to be a big uh, priority for us. Interior offensive line. There are a couple offensive guards that I think the Ravens have circled. And – Probably going to take a flyer on an uh, on an off ball linebacker just in case we can't figure out our deal with PQ. Um, and then who knows? Maybe maybe we take another corner later on. Uh, there's a guy out of Alabama, Eli Ricks. There's um, I forget his name. Kelly is his last name out of Stanford. There are there's just there's depth all over the place that I think the Ravens are going to explore. But what about you? What do you beyond the first round? What do you want to see out of them? Where do you want to see them go? Wouldn't mind a um, hmm. Wouldn't mind a linebacker. Linebacker, I think, will be a big need, regardless if PQ is here this year or next year. He won't be here next year for sure. So linebacker would be a nice little addition for sure. I agree. There's a guy to Texas, uh, Demarvian Overshone is his name. I want him badly. Overshone? Yeah. Overshone, Horn. Overshone. <laughs> He's uh he's the guy at Texas. He wore number zero and he wears like a hundred different armbands. I want it. I want it. I want I want him. I want it. I want him bad. Um, but yeah, I think linebacker would be a really interesting spot here, especially because there's I think there's there's a few good ones littered out there. But I'm excited. I'm fucking excited for the draft. I cannot, cannot wait. Cannot wait. I'm fired up for the draft tomorrow, dude. Very excited. All right. That was about all I had. I really emptied the tank there as far as uh, draft talk. Scott, do you have anything else before we go ahead and move on? No. I think you did a great job there, dude. Good job. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Last little bit I have on the draft. I have to do it. I'm I'm betting on the draft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I've been placing bets on the draft for the last month and a half just kind of finding value where I can and sprinkling a little bit here and there. So I'm going to read out a couple bets that I've placed already over the last couple months or a couple weeks rather. 
and then a couple that are still out there now that I like for the value. So I took Jordan Addison before the combine to be the first receiver taken at plus 230. His odds to be the first receiver taken now are like plus 2000 or something. That's not going to happen. It's really between JSN and Zay. So don't even worry about that. Uh, this is more just like a pat myself on the back. I got Will Anderson to be the first defensive player drafted at plus 105. Okay. So as long as Tyree Wilson doesn't fuck me, I'll be all right. Oh, boy. Um, I took... Bijan Robinson to be drafted by the Detroit Lions plus 650. I don't really think this is going to happen. Um, but after they lost, uh, who did they're running back? Uh, Jamal Williams. After they lost Jamal Williams, I was kind of like, ah, maybe they Jamal at now? New Orleans. I hate that. Yeah, it sucks. Um, I took the Houston Texans to draft Jackson Smith and Jigba. Oh, this- okay. Okay. Yeah, I got you. This was because I thought they were going to go CJ at two and then get his college buddy at 12. I just think I'm that makes a lot of sense. That. Um, that was plus 700 when I got it. I don't know what it is now, but um, I took Indianapolis Colts to be the team to draft Anthony Richardson at plus 470. I still think that could happen, but probably much less likely now because everybody thinks they're going to go Levis. Uh, this is another pat myself on the back. I took Bryce Young to be the first overall pick at plus 250. Now he's like minus 2,000. Bijan Robinson to be drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. I got oh, a plus 2,000. Plus 2,000. How are you going to turn that value down? Well, it's your favorite team and, of course, plus money. All right, whatever, dude. <laughs> all right, so now those are all the picks that I placed prior to this week. These picks I threw out there. They're all available on most sports books. I'm using FanDuel, but they're all out there. Dalton Kincaid to be the first tight end drafted. I placed this bet yesterday. It was plus 130. Okay. Michael Mayer is the favorite of minus 175. Dalton Kincaid, I think, is just a more dynamic playmaker in the past game. He's not as good of a blocker, which I understand the concern there. But in a world of weapons and offense and throwing the ball, I think mm-hmm. Dalton Kincaid is a home run pass catcher. So okay. I took a, I took a bit of a flyer on him to be the first tight end taken at plus 130. Okay. This is more of like a hedge myself just in case I do get fucked. Tyree Wilson to be the second overall pick at plus 300. So this is, like I said, this is really just me covering my ass in case it's not Will Anderson. It's going to be Tyree Wilson. Here is a bit of a flyer. This go this coincides with my mock draft. Jalen Carter to be the sixth pick and Joey Porter Jr. to be the 18th pick by the Detroit Lions, plus 1,500. Yeah, I love that. Like I said at the top, man, Jalen Carter at six, he just feels like a lion. He feels like a guy that yeah. uh, DC, uh, Dan Campbell would love. And then Joey Porter immediately answers that cornerback question. So that's what I took there. I love that. Yeah, I like that one. Now, this one, this this to me feels like a lock. And famous last words. Total number of wide receivers drafted in the first round, over three and a half. Yeah, I, I, yeah at, I like that. I got it at minus 106. So basically what the book is saying is Jackson Smith, Jordan Addison, and Zay Flowers all going to go in the first round. So it's really just a matter of if you think Quentin Johnson is going to go on night one and or maybe somebody like Jalen Hyatt. 
I think yeah, three and a half. Easy. That's that's easy. That's what I mean. And the juice was actually on the under. So I love the over here at three and a half. I think there's a ton of value there. Um, so if I was going to give out a responsible play to responsibly, that's hammer, what I'm rocking with right now. That's it. Over three and a half wide receivers taken in the draft. I like that. Okay. Where can I get that on? Fan- can I get that on FanDuel? Yes. So uh, in the search tab under all sports, go to football. And then NFL draft scroll all the way, I believe all the way to the bottom, maybe not all the way to the bottom, but if you scroll, you should see like draft by position and then like first receiver first or or, excuse me, total receivers, all that stuff. I gotcha. Okay. You got it. Oh, draft by a draft position. No, it's, it's on there somewhere. You might have to dig for it a little bit. Oh no, sorry. It's, it's more towards the top. Uh, I got you. Yep. Okay. I'm in. Oh, yes. Oh, the juice has swung back down to the over now. Yeah, I just saw that. Minus, I'm in. minus 166. I'm in. Total offensive lineman drafted in round one. Um, six and a half feels like a lot. Ooh, feels like a ton. Feels like a, so hold on now. Let's think about it. Paris Johnson, Peter Skaronsky, Darnell Wright, Broderick Jones. Who maybe Anton? Oh, I like that under a lot. Yeah. I like that under a lot. Yeah, I like that number that under a lot. Um, also love the under on quarterbacks drafted. Four and a half. The under is currently 158. Oof, I don't know about that. I don't know. I feel like I feel like someone's gonna make a mistake with Hennon Hooker. Do you? Yeah, I think I, I it just feels like someone is good, like a Washington or like someone's gonna make a really dumb pick. And it's gonna be one of those picks that you look back on and you're just like, Jesus, what a terrible pick. And he now counter argument like to that. Half. I don't like it. Counter counter argument to that. I could see somebody being like, hey, he's got the injury. So if we draft him in the first round, we get the fifth year option. But I just <sighs> nah. I, I almost think it's a slam dunk he's getting drafted. I hate Do him. Really? So like I didn't I didn't put him in the mock because I can't stand him. But yeah. Which is weird, by the way. I still think he's good. I just don't. I mean, I I'm not even gonna say it. Here's one for you, Scoot. I think you'll like this. You might you might honestly jump on this right now. Zay Flowers draft position under 21 and a half is plus 154. Under that 21 and a half. So if he goes, if he goes 21 or under, top, he, yeah, and hits. top 21. Woo wee. What is it? Plus what? Plus 154. It's really good value. It is really good value. I think I might jump on that because I love Zay. So I'm in. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. doesn't hurt, you know? Hmm. Uh, okay. first yeah, like tight that. end, first tight end drafted. Kincaid is now plus one fifty, so getting an extra twenty cents there. Uh, first offensive lineman drafted. I think Peter Skaronsky at plus two seventy is great value. That is great value. Something to think about there. First defensive player drafted. Tyree Wilson's minus one thirty five. Will Anderson is plus one hundred five. Okay. First cornerback drafted. Scoot, you might like this. Christian Gonzalez is plus one eighty five. I love Christian Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, what else here? What else here? Mr. Relevant. There's a ton of draft picks in here or draft bets rather, <clears throat> but yeah, go ahead and play around. If anybody has any questions, feel free to DM one of us. Happy to answer them. Um, here's an interesting one, Scoot. Team to draft Jameer Gibbs. The Eagles are currently the favorite at plus 550. Really? Hmm. Okay. Oh, so I'm guessing that's their second pick they have. Probably, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Dallas Cowboys are the second favorite, plus 650. Miami Dolphins, okay. plus 1,300, the third favorite. Okay. Could you imagine if Miami trades back up into the first round? That would be crazy. That would be nuts. Baltimore. No. Well, no, that doesn't make much sense for the Ravens. Yeah, so never mind. Scratch that. <laughs> uh, last thing that I'll bring up. Draft position of team. The Ravens are plus 170 to draft a receiver in the first round. Or, excuse me, with their first pick. I don't hate that. Okay. And then if you want to lay a little bit of juice, cornerback is minus 125, which I don't hate either. Okay. So, yeah, those are those are some of the bets that I like. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, if anybody else is betting on the draft and wants to sweat out some stuff together, tweet us, tweet us what you're betting on. Tweet us and let us know. Love it. All right, Scoot. Really good draft talk. I had a lot of fun doing that. I love the draft, was as fun. I've said many times. I cannot wait for this draft to get started. Or I guess, you know, we're releasing this on Thursday. If you're listening to it after Thursday, it's already started. Uh, real quick, Scoot, before we go out, we mentioned the Orioles. Uh, unfortunately, their their win streak has come to an end. What was it? Seven games? Eight games? It was a seven-game win streak, yes. So if you remember, your prediction was their win streak in April was going to be six. They surpassed that. Dude, I've been I've been right on the nose with this. You really have, dude. Your prediction your predictions have been great. I hate it for you. You're going to prison. Well, look, you and Trump are gonna be cellmates. Hey, come on, come on. <laughs> uh, but no, the Orioles are are playing great baseball. Uh, the pitching has stepped up. Tyler Wells looked yes, incredible today. Tyler Wells looks so good. He looks good. Grayson looks to be you know putting some stuff together. Um, but the Orioles are off to a great season or excuse me, great start. Just like you predicted. Um, yeah, they needed to that. This is, this is the easiest month by far. They get Detroit here. And then I think they get Kansas city and then their tough run here starts with like Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Toronto. It's, it gets tough. So they got to get as many dubs as they can get. Um, I think the rotation they're getting here going into Detroit favors them again. I think they're going to have Grayson line up against Detroit again, which yep. is nice. Um so yeah, dude. I'm 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 hopeful. I think they can I think they can win out the rest of this month. I think they got what four more games this month. Four more uh, yeah. or three. No, I'm sorry, three more. Oh, is it only three? I think so, right? Because Thursday, Friday. Oh no, you're right. Four more games. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, man. Hey, your predictions were spot on. I just hope they I hope they keep going. So what they're at 18 or I'm sorry, 16 and eight right now. Yes. So they have a chance to actually. They have a chance so to get a little. I was going to say you predicted, I think, 17 and 11 for April. So they yeah. could they could go over that pretty, pretty well. Yeah. All right. Scoot. Last thing before we go ahead and get out of here. Give us an update on what's going on with the hockey playoffs. I know you've been entrenched in it. Go ahead and, and give us a rundown. Catch us up. Give you an give early shout out. I'll give you an early shout out. It is the Toronto MF and Maple Leafs. What an awesome team this team is, dude. They're they they're they they remind me so much of that Caps team that won a cup that they're gonna 
every single round they're going to defeat a past playoff demon, and that's one of them is from the top, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're not playing tonight because I hate that, but they're playing tomorrow night. Um, but Toronto looks good. Oilers are starting to get buzzing. Boston's losing right now. The Florida won nothing. Um, I don't buy Boston at all. I think they're a super leaky team, and I think that someone can go tag them. I hate that Detroit is beating Minnesota because I love Minnesota going into this. Um, I couldn't care a single – like, I could not care at all about the Carolina-New York Islanders series. It's stinky. But I think the the I think it's two two now in the New York New Jersey one, which is fun, or it might be three two. Um, let me look that up real quick. But um, I think we are we are on a crash course for a second round Boston versus yeah series tied two two against the Rangers and the Devils. Um, but I think we're heading into a crash course. Rangers Leafs Eastern Conference Finals, and that's going to be at last. And then I think the Western Conference Finals is going to be the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh right, boy. That's my prediction. Who's left in the cup? Toronto, baby. Go Leafs, go. Dude, what is with you in Toronto, man? I love so many of their players, dude. And I and I, I want the fan base to, to get what I had, and they've had it longer than I had with, with the Caps. Um, I want I want Matthews to get one. I want Marner to get one because if they don't, they're going to get split up, and I hate that. And I, it's better for hockey to have these boys together, and I want them to win one. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. If the Caps aren't in it, like if the Caps weren't in it, I'd be like, well, fuck them unless the Caps win. But like the Caps aren't in it, so I'm full-blown rooting for Leafs. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Good for you. Go Leafs, go. I hope for your sake that they do well, but I also hope just – for comedy's sake that they don't win again and we could all laugh that's messed up dude whatever i don't care uh all right that's about it episode 51 in the books next week 52nd episode scott will be a year into this thing wow maybe next week we'll get all boozed up and talk about space versus the ocean oh i love that Um, but no, next week we'll, we'll jump on here. We'll talk, uh, we'll break down the entire Ravens draft class and any other news that pops up in the world of sports. Um, but Scott, as always, last order of business, shout out to the week. So I gave one already. I have the last one here is an interesting one is Mark Webb, the director of the amazing Spider-Man series. Ah. I'm going to say this right now. I watched the first one in two parts. I watched the first part yesterday and the second part today in between sessions. Bro, that first movie is phenomenal. They get Spider-Man as Peter Parker perfectly. It's dark. It's a different scene than the Raimi films. Totally different vibe than the the Holland films. Um, Andrew Garfield's just, I mean, he's Andrew Garfield. He's the coolest dude ever. And he's remarkable in that movie. Uh, Emma Stone is great as uh, Mm -hmm. Gwen Stacy. The direction's phenomenal in that movie. The second one got a little iffy because they were trying to set up other movies instead of just making a movie, which is what they did in the first one. I freaking loved it. And I still love the second one as a near little place in my heart. Um, Yeah, Mark Webb, dude. I met his brother actually at Duck, North Carolina like eight years ago. Um, I was dressed as Spider-Man walking down the beach. And he was like, yo, my brother made those movies. And it was totally him because he looked just like him. So it was very cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Good shout out. Or Thanks. shout outs, I should say. My shout outs, I have a couple. Uh, so the first is shout out to my buddy Ryan Gallagher. He's getting married in uh, probably like five weeks or six weeks or so. Uh, we're going away for his bachelor party this weekend. We're going to be in Austin, Texas, and I am super excited. I cannot wait. Um, nice. So if, 
if you're listening to this, odds are I'll be either on my way or I'll be in Austin, Texas. So if you're in Austin, Texas, let us know. Say what up. Um, so shout out to him for getting married, doing his thing. My my second shout out of the week is Jim is currently bullying Scott into hell right now. My second shout out of the week is to Fred again, Skrillex and Fortet. Nice. Um, I don't know if you've been paying attention to my Twitter feed over the last couple of days, but uh, this past weekend obviously was uh, Coachella Music Festival. Yes, it and was. I believe it was because Frank Ocean dropped out like super late notice. Um, and Morgan three... Wallen wait three hours. <laughs> Yeah, that's bad. Uh, these three guys were asked to close down the main stage of Ultra, or excuse me, not Ultra, Coachella. And like I said, I don't know if you've been paying attention to my Twitter feed lately, but I've been retweeting and liking a bunch of posts from that set. They absolutely it up. killed it. Yeah, it's Tore awesome. it up. And what I love about them, particularly Fred, but what I love about these three is they're 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 creative geniuses they're mu musical geniuses when it comes to their craft and what they did was like it was just straight up djing like real authentic djing and not like you know not edm not pop remixes yeah. not like a bunch of stuff that is popular that i love personally but they actually went out there and played a full authentic honest earnest dj set and it was legendary it was historical this this set is going to go down as one of the best in the history of electronic music. And they deserve endless amounts of praise because they fucking killed it. All three of those dudes are so, so talented. And I've become a huge fan of Fred again for just how brilliant he is. And he's really fun to like watch and learn about and listen to him talk and break down his creative process. Uh, so shout out to those guys. Those guys are fucking nice. awesome. Nice. Thanks. All right, folks, that's it. Episode 51 in the books. Everybody have a safe and fun weekend. Enjoy boy, oh the draft. Boy, next week be electric. Next week could potentially be electric on either side of the spectrum. Hoping it's on one side, though. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> For our sanity's sake. Uh, all right, folks, like I said, have a safe weekend. Enjoy it. Enjoy the draft. Have a couple drinks. Uh, if anybody's in Texas, say what up. Um, but until next time, folks, Scott, take us out. Stay hydrated, babes. Keep going. You got me breathing underwater. Baby, when you're under, I can do anything. It's like you gave me superpowers. I'm on top of the world when I call you, my girl, my heart's racing. I can't lie, I'm into you, I can't lie. Pull the truth, drop my eye, pull me closer. I can't lie, I'm into you, I can't lie. Pull the truth, drop my eye, pull me closer. And never let me go.